What's up, Yankee fans? It's Greg with another episode of Yankee Crazy Podcast. And big week, big week this week. What's happening? Well, Manny Machado is making his rounds to the Phillies, the White Sox, and the Yankees. And then supposedly... There's these three mystery teams. So, not sure who we think these are. What do you, what do you think? Um, could Boston all of a sudden be in the mix? They were going to trade, um, I think Xander Bogarts was, was rumored to be traded. Um, so, we'll see. I don't know. They could be one. Uh, who else? Do you think the Mets would try and make a run at him? And the Dodgers? Dodgers, maybe. You know, he played pretty well for them. Not sure. Not sure. But anyway, he's supposedly going to be meeting with the Yankees on Wednesday. And I would imagine players would want to wrap up who they're playing for. Um, You know, me, I know I would want to... You know, definitely before Christmas, you're like, oh, I'm signed, no stress. Although, I don't know, are these guys on, uh, have any stress? They know they're getting big contracts like Harper and Machado. Both of those guys got to know that they are getting really, really big contracts with big money. So, me, I'd want it wrapped up before Christmas. I'd want to be like, all right, done. Let's enjoy Christmas. That's, that's the best Christmas present, is getting that contract done. So, supposedly, the White Sox have a lot of money to spend, and there's rumors that the White Sox are going to make a run at Machado and Harper. That would be a big splash. They did sign uh, Yonder Alonso, who is Manny Machado's brother-in-law and that was an interesting move because he's a first baseman and they still have a Breu at first so is this kind of a ploy they got you know they just traded him from the Indians and the Yankees if you're listening last week I was talking about it the Yankees had some interest in him although I think everybody I think (laughs) I think all reporters probably say the Yankees have interest in everybody so they get fans like myself reading these articles (laughs) And now I know all this stuff about Yonder Alonso. So anyway, will that help Manny Machado want to sign with the White Sox? Not sure. Not sure about that. Will Bryce Harper want to sign with the White Sox? The the White Sox, I they were not good last year. They haven't been good in a while. But maybe this is their way of of getting back into things and they're going to get some better pitchers. I don't know. But let's let's skip the White Sox. Who cares about the White Sox? This is a Yankee podcast. The only the only relation is that there are two free agents that the White Sox are heavily going for and the Phillies are seem to be heavily in the mix as well and the Yankees are in the mix. And now Cashman has said that Bryce Harper is not a consideration, but is he going to just do something crazy and pull 
pull it out of his sleeve and sign Harper? We don't know. We'll see. With Manny Machado, he would be the better fit if you take out the all the, the Johnny Hustle and, and all that stuff he was talking about and the little bit of the dirty play. He is a better option, I think, for the Yankees. Bryce Harper, I like his lefty bat, but I don't know. I see his stats, and I'm a little like, huh, how is he getting so much hype with all that? Probably because he's had he's shown some really amazing play and had that one big year hit. I think he hit 334. It was like his one really amazing career year so far. But he's still only 26. He's just coming into his prime for a baseball player. But Manny Machado, there with the Yankees on Wednesday. They're going to put him up on the big jumbotron in a Yankee uniform, and gotta say, if he's still talking with A-Rod, A-Rod might be saying, you gotta go and play for the Yankees, and maybe even take a little bit of a discount. And would Harper do the same thing? Not sure. Not sure what Harper's gonna do. It was his, uh, his, he and his wife's anniversary, and I saw his Twitter account, and I think it's B Harper thirty four zero seven. So he got that big Mickey Mantle connection. He wants to really play in the Bronx, I think. But he could just say, "I want longer contract and more money," and sign somewhere else. So another interesting person that the Yankees have had some rumors linked to is Freddie. Now, Mario's going to have to correct me. I'm, I, I first read it, and I, I read Freddie Galvis. But I see he's Venezuelan, and <clears throat> Mario corrects me on all of my um, inappropriate, or I shouldn't say inappropriate, yeah, I guess inappropriate uh, pronunciations. So I want to say Galvis, but it's probably Galvis, right? Yeah, he's shaking his head, probably. So Freddie Galvis... I hope you're right on that, Mario. <laughs> do they have a Do they have a, a, a Wikipedia page with his uh, how to pronounce his name? <laughs> Look that up. Uh, you know, it's a little side note. After the show on Friday, me and Mario went out and uh, we we had some whiskey, and he had to show off his pronunciation and go. I'm not even going to say it right. I'm going to have to get you on mic to say this right, but whiskey. <laughs> I can't even do it. <laughs> but he's the he's the expert at it. But I'm getting better, such as my Giancarlo, uh, my Real Muto. Oh, I rolled the R's there. You like that one? <laughs> you do. Look at that. And we'll get back to Freddy Galvis. With the, uh, speaking of Real Muto, there supposedly was an option for the Mets to do a swap, Noah Syndergaard for Rio Muto. And interesting that the, the Mets held on, and I wonder if it's because of uh, Syndergaard's uh, potential. Uh, you know, I, I thought the Mets, you know, definitely want to keep a pitcher, I think, in that situation like Syndergaard. Although what everybody says about Rio Muto is he is a special player. And to get him to be your catcher, strong position on the field, and 
you know, could have been, could have been a, a, a good deal for them. Who knows? We'll see how that ever works out. But it also brings up the option that if the Mets said no, is it going to be one of these things where Derek Jeter calls Brian Cashman and is like, ah, I'll give it, I'll give you to him for uh, Tyler Wade and a bag of balls. <laughs> you know, one of those deals. Kind of like Stanton. Yankees, Yankees gave up nothing for Stanton. That was like, you know, it was really funny. Someone said it was Derek Jeter's ultimate plan to buy the Marlins and then get the Yankees Giancarlo Stanton. That was pretty funny. So maybe, uh, maybe that'll happen with Real Muto and then I'll be able to do uh, Real Muto with Giancarlo in the same sentence. That would be, <laughs> that would be great. Such as, okay, Real Muto leading off second to pitch the pitch to Giancarlo. It is high. It is far. Gone. I wasn't going to do the C of Michael K. I don't want to steal too much of him, but I do love I do love his calls. So that would be an interesting development if it happens. So getting back to Freddie Galvis, he is an interesting player. Not the best hitter, but he's. And here's where it gets interesting with defensive uh, statistics. He played for the Phillies and was up for, I think, he was, I think he was up for two gold gloves. I don't think he's won a gold glove yet. But the Phillies manager at the time, I forget who it was, and Larry Bow was there as a bench coach who, you remember Larry Bow when he was a uh, bench coach for the Yankees? I, I did like that a lot. I like Boa. But they talked about how if you see him play every day, he is like top three shortstops in the majors. <clears throat> and you look at the statistics on him that they keep now. There's so many statistics with the sabermetrics and the stat casts and all that. And he does not come up as far in the rankings as other shortstops. So it's really interesting because they talked about how you could have the shift on and he could be playing behind second base and a ball goes, gets hit into the hole and he doesn't get to it and it comes up as a ball that he's missed. So as much as I think some of the statistics are really cool to see and to judge and they can be really on, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, how can I put it? Poor, poor, whatever, ra ratings, rankings, um, whatever you want to call it. There's, there's a problem with it because something like that where you have the shift, you need to incorporate that somehow. And I know this is probably, it's probably amazing what they do to come up with all these stats and to add something else might be, you know, that, that might be even trickier to do and get something actual uh, to reflect that. But it just goes to show you, you can't really depend on all these statistics for everything. And I know a lot of GMs do, and 
I know a lot of organizations do. That was one of the big things about the Yankees hiring Aaron Boone was that they liked the fact that he was an analytics guy and he, and he goes by them heavily. Although, you know, you look at Joe Girardi and so many people didn't like Joe Girardi because they, you know, he would go to the binder. They started calling him Binder Joe because he was into analytics and, you know, these guys, you know, imagine what these binders must look like. It's probably these crazy, crazy amounts of statistics. I'm surprised they don't have, um, like, official sabermetrics computers that they can take into the uh, dugout, although, you know, you're not supposed to have any electronics like phones or anything in there, so you're not stealing signs or anything like that, but... If they did, it would be really interesting. You get some official thing that doesn't get anything else, although I'm sure someone would hack it to be able to get, <laughs> to be able to steal signs, right? But anyway, I do like all of these stats. I like StatCast. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, showing the exit velocity and all of those like video game type things and you can understand Major League Baseball putting that in because they're trying to gay they're trying to gain a younger audience because if you look at the statistics there are not a lot of young people watching baseball and there's other sto- sports that are quicker and flashier and just drawing a lot more attention from kids and younger people and baseball sees that they have to change. And that's why uh, pace of play, <clears throat> that was a big issue, trying to make the games quicker so that people aren't, you know, trying to invest, you know, three and a half hours. You know, you look at Yankee games, you know, some of those Yankee Boston games, four and a half hours and, and such, which is interesting that ESPN, the Sunday Night Baseball, they change to 7 p.m. except for Yankee Boston games. They put it back at 8. And that's got to be a big ratings thing because Yankees Boston, 8 o'clock hour is a big primetime hour for uh, networks and advertisers. So they probably said, well, we don't want to lose that, so we'll keep them there. But those games are late. And fortunately for me, living on the West Coast now, I get to, you know, Yankee games start at, you know, such as the ESPN game. That's a five o'clock game. And that is awesome because it is done, you know, even if it goes late, what is it, nine o'clock? And that's obviously nothing. But for, you know, East Coast, you gotta, you know, people gotta get up for work and it's going on one o'clock and the game's still on. It's, it's kind of crazy, but ESPN, you know, what are you going to do? You can't blame them. You got to get the, those advertising dollars. But getting back to what tangent did I just go off on? Um, the tangent that I was trying to focus on was ultimately it was Freddie Galvez. So the Yankees are looking at him and, oh, I know I was doing StatCast. Thank you, Mario, reminding me. Um, so the whole thing with the stat cast is trying to get this younger audience. And I think it's really cool. I love seeing Aaron Judge's exit velocity. I, I think that's pretty awesome. I love how they, they do it up and show all the, the, 
the, the little nuances of it. But ultimately, I would like to see someone like Aaron Boone going with his gut sometimes. You know, you, you look back at Joe Torre when he managed, and he would, in the in playoffs or World Series, he felt like he would get like a feeling and he would play somebody. Like, for example, someone like, who was it? Um, I want to say like Chad Curtis. If you can remember him. Chad Curtis with the with the throws where he would like tumble over. It was it was so awesome. He was great, and he would play either like Chad Curtis or is when Strawberry was on the team, and he would put Strawberry in, and Strawberry would go and have like a monster game. And they would ask Joe Torre because it would kind of be just a a, a a different move or he would like change someone in the batting order and the guy would have an amazing game and Joe Torre really had the the golden touch for doing stuff like that and it was all for him it was a lot of just feelings and I'm sure they've been doing their own kind of statistics uh, in in baseball forever uh, about how guys match up against a lefty pitcher and a righty pitcher, etc. And I'm sure Joe Torre had that type of stuff, but now it's just so intense and so just a, a, a tremendous amount of analytics they have now. But I want to see Aaron Boone go with his gut a little bit. You know, instead of just all the analytics, I, I want him to kind of have a feel like, oh, I'm going to go with this guy and have no basis for it, just try it out and see what happens. But, you know, the Yankees hired him for the analytics and it's almost like, you know, who's running the team? Who is making these decisions for lineups, etc.? Is it Brian Cashman and the analytics crew or is it Aaron Boone? That I don't know. But this is baseball. This is the way it is and... It's, it's for, for better or worse, analytics are here to stay. I don't think anybody's giving them up, especially with, you know, when the Astros won the World Series, it was, that was the big thing, that they were big into analytics. And when they played the Dodgers, Dave Roberts, big into analytics. And that was really a big change for a lot of teams. And it was like one of those things where the Astros win the World Series and everyone was like, oh, I got to hire someone like A.J. Hinch and not pay a lot of money and be heavily into analytics. And that is what drove the Yankees to get rid of Joe Girardi and get Aaron Boone. So it's a, it's a whole new ball game. But, you know, what are you going to do? Complain about it or adapt? You got to adapt. Go with the times. So... That brings me back <laughs> to Freddie Galvez, who is an interesting piece for the Yankees because he is a shortstop and he does play some second base. And it makes me think, is he the fallback plan for if the Yankees don't get Machado? I think the Yankees really want him. I think Machado wants the Yankees, but if the Yankees only want to do seven years and the White Sox want to do 10, I think he's just going to go to the White Sox. I think he's going to want 
the most money. And in a way, it's like, okay, you know, can't blame a guy for doing that, although we all want people to be going for World Series rings. But, you know, some players, I don't know, maybe they just don't have the drive and they just want to get the payday. And I, I think everybody wants to win a World Series. But I think some guys have more of a drive for it and will come and take a little bit of a pay cut because they know the Yankees are an elite organization and really striving for championships. And a little side note, or maybe I'll leave this for uh, the next podcast, um, about, I I saw an ad for something uh, that was Boston related and it it just, it makes me laugh. (laughs) It really does. But you know what? I'm going to tease that one for the next podcast. I'm going to do that later today. Talk to you about what I saw. And all the time, you guys know, or, or I should say, I shouldn't say that, you guys know how to get in touch with us, right? It is yankeecrazypodcast at gmail.com. Also, direct message us at Yankee Crazy Podcast on Instagram and Yankee Crazy Pod on Twitter. And give us some suggestions, what you want us to see, who you like as a top free agent you want to see the Yankees get. Um, and we'll see. We'll, I'll follow this Freddie Galvez, and um, I, I've been going back and forth on him. Uh, poor Freddie. Not getting, <laughs> not getting a full segment, but um, like I've been saying, I'll, I'll wrap it up with with Freddie and just say that not a great hitter, like 248 average, I think, uh, career. But he's an amazing defender and could be a low cost option for the Yankees if um, if Manny Machado does not come to the Yankees, and maybe they could do it with just him until Didi comes back. That, that is an option. I really think it's not a bad option because Didi had a, an amazing early part of the year and then he slumped, but his defense was always on. So here's a guy who's light hitting, Freddie Galvez, and does he just fill in until Didi comes and then he becomes a, your, your utility guy? Could be an option. And if they don't get Machado, I, I like that option. So I don't see anything wrong with it. All right, guys, that is it. Thanks for joining us. Stay tuned. We will keep you posted with all Yankees op- all Yankees options. Yeah, all Yankees options, sure. And I was going to say actions. And all of the rumors that are very prevalent out there during this time in the hot stove. All right, guys, let's go Yankees.